Gentlemen, welcome to Singled Out. Uh, this is the latest episode in our Guilds in 30 Minutes that's actually more like an hour series um, where we talk through how to play certain guilds. And this is the by popular request via Gubs, um, the How to Play Brewers. Um, I should give you some insight into the high-tech world of Singled Out. We did previously record this episode uh, with the Langton Brothers, and their advice was, you know, stand on your own line, don't ever commit forwards, and so on. And Andrew promptly lost that episode in a technical glitch known as him losing stuff. So we no longer have the Langtons. We put, we put their special skills into the Blacksmiths episode. And instead, we have two returning guests. So we have um, Powell Edik Korpal. Hello, hi. And Neil's inspiring hat, Hermkins. Hello. Uh, and you guys are pretty dedicated brewer players, is that fair to say? Uh, I, well, not recently, obviously, but I did commit to brewer for a long time, like I believe it was three years almost solely playing brewers on my side through addition, uh, season two, three and four, yeah. And yeah, so it was a long time with brewers for me, yeah. You got in-depth brewerage. Uh, what about you, Niels? Well, my experience was mostly um, getting spanked by my uh, current, uh, by my local meta uh, brewers, and I was like, "Hmm, these guys seem good. I'm going to try them out myself." And then uh, I thought, uh, I found out that they're pretty good at the World Cup. Yeah, you you qualified for Digital Worlds with them too, didn't you? To Digital Worlds. Yeah, 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 and, and, uh, and went amazing. And Edek, you and I have both played them at WTC, I think, but I've not played them at WTC since Season 3, Esther's multiple AoEs with Hemlock fun times. Uh, yeah, I did play them at the first WTC and the second one in Warsaw. Uh, and I did rather nicely, I think it was one loss with them in two years, or something like that. So I was quite happy with my performance with Brewers. Yeah. And recently, you've been you've actually been working with us on the community project, haven't you? You're sort of partly responsible for Lucky's latest incarnation. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which we, which we will get onto because I think it presents some interesting stuff for brewers. So, um, obviously, a brewer's tactica. This is going to be pretty short, really. Um, walk up to stuff, knock it down, hit it with loads of wraps. That's it, isn't it? That's how brewers play. Yeah. So, thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, to be honest, it used to be like that uh, before uh, we got models like Decimate and now Lucky. Um, but I believe now there's a lot more to the guild than people might think there is. For sure. What would you there's guys say way is more depth strengths? Depth 
would you say is the core strengths of, of brewers? Uh, buffing stuff. They have a ton of buffs. Uh, the guild by default has rather mediocre stats, uh, but they have a lot of ways to improve it. And once you get a few of those buffs going, the you really the guild really starts to come together. Like many players are a bit meh when you look at them, but just a few things uh, click in the turn and they are monsters. For even as simple as Hooper and using his hero, heroic play, because like his base uh, tag and playbook is nothing special, but quickly starts uh, going to reaching the fourth and fifth column rather easily. Yep, totally much. agree. Yep. Um, and what he's so there's quite a synergistic guild, would you say? Like that, you know, they rely a lot on overlapping with other models, or is that just them using their heroic plays to improve themselves? Like how does? Oh, yeah, uh, they are definitely not a guild of super solid players. Um, they really need to, for more most part, they need to stick uh, together uh, to make use of main different auras. And well, they really enjoy getting assists when uh, attacking because they are designed to wrap on their attacks and you need more dice to get them. Mm-hmm, so, for oh, sure. is a very nice way to describe them. I think yeah, I and... found when I've played against them, Niels, I'll be interested in your view on this. I found when I've played against them or with them, like I don't often end up doing anything particularly like, you know, like kicking in a skew or sort of ending up with a refused flank. It tends to be, you know, in the middle to get as much potential overlays and overlaps between models and auras and quite central and sort of moving forward in a reasonably aggressive but like not like an outright sort of rush of a team but not as slow as say blacksmiths or farmers so you sort of be central come forward quite aggressively but with an eye on all those auras does that seem fair to you for sure yeah the the synergies um like edex said if you uh, are playing uh, brewers without those synergies, then um, their skills are actually pretty mediocre. But if you get things together, um, then they're actually a force to be reckoned with. Um, thing is that, um, of course, well, you have to get those synergies going. Um, so, yes, they are going to be in your face, but most of the action will most likely be at the end of the turn. I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they... I mean, I think we should probably... Is it fair to say they are really fighty? Like, when you're talking about the sort of synergies yes. and the overlaps, like, you, they are a really fighty team. Like, you want to be fighting stuff. They, You know, you don't have... You know, it's not like an aggressive team in the sense that maybe, like, navigators would be, like, sort of going in for the, for the ball. Yeah, I think there's only three or four models in the guild that don't have a momentous knockdown on the playbook. Mm-hmm. That says a lot about the guild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are heavily invested into scrumming. And um, when I started playing them, I was like, wait, it's actually quite easy to go 06, like six takeouts with this guild. Um, and actually quite fast as well because of the uh, speed that they can get uh, no, uh, takeouts if you got your uh, setup right. And two of those models without knockdowns are mascots, much like the cat that's just appeared on Edex screen. <laughs> there's a, so there's a, yeah, it's only it's Friday and the two mascots are the only ones that don't have momentous knockdowns somewhere on their playbook. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
I guess, like, how how do they differ from other fighting teams then? Because we've talked to because a lot of other fighting teams, I guess, you know, like Cooks or Union, there's, there's, there's this kind of similar thing, isn't there? You know, you're, you're staying reasonably close together and you're overlapping lots of auras. So what's the, what is the distinction as a fighting team between Brewers and some of the other fighting teams? I think Brewers uh, are different. When you look at the playbooks, most of their momentous damage is uh, at the top end of the playbook. So you, <clears throat> to make them running, you need to uh, get the dice on the attack. So you need to put enemy models and main tackle zones. You need to knock them down. Um, and you quite often make a setup for a, a bottom-top activation. Um, yeah, so I think they, they are not a... They need some activations before they start punching stuff. Um, uh, as you say, with Cooks, for example, the damage output is mostly there already because yeah, they reduce the defense of the enemy models and every every single moment the damage is momentous almost. Um, so yeah, you it is a weird t- tempo uh, guild brewers because. Um, once you get the setup, they really start to be a high tempo guild. Mm. But well, high tempo, yeah, I think that's quite fair because models tend to die quickly, as Neil said. Mm-hmm. But it isn't instant. No, no, for sure. Like um, that's why people always say when when you play against brewers, you basically first hit a wall, um, and if you weather through the wall. Then you can basically, um, yeah, kick the enemy's uh, teeth out. First, like you have to weather the storm first. That's what I thought—not wall, but storm. Mm. Um, but when you get there, and when you get your models in place, and when you are able to, uh, if you're fighting against another uh, fighting team, if you are able to break up their scrum and uh, bring it to. Um, to what you want it to be, and that is actually pretty easy to do with all the pushes and all the knockdowns that you have available to your team. Um, that is, I think, the way of um, taking over the game. They don't. They don't. I guess like in because so the last uh, one of these we did, we were talking about shepherds and like they, you know, they don't have a really extreme turn one, do they? They're probably one of the like, like their turn one is fine. But it's not one of the guilds that has like an absolutely crazy good turn one, like say shepherds or you know navigators or order or something like that, because um, they only really project one threat on sort of turn one, and they don't have like a lot of like ranged stuff to like force people to come to them. Is that reasonable? And like, how do you how do they work around that? I guess. Well, right now you have a few tools to mitigate that. Uh, you have Stave, who, well, uh, I was um, saying Stave is amazing ever since he got his latest buff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is very, a very interesting tool. That he, everyone knows, knows Stave has the barrel. Uh, you can knock around enemy players, but it's also a great tool to move your team around mm-hmm. because Brewers. Uh, also have a ton of condition removal, so you can easily um, knock down a few of your players uh, with stay the turn one, and then simply use a heroic or uh, something like that, and the model is 
five inches away because the push from battering ram and from the barrel. So mm -hmm. that's almost like on the center line, but it's a weird activity uh, like setup because you place your model, knock it down, and it's a bit of a sitting duck. But if it survives and can go in, it's also very effective. Yeah, it's a very good strategy when you're um, playing against teams that can't um, take advantage of uh, your model being knocked down. Um, of course, well, uh, them being knocked down also means that their nice uh, dodge, uh, their dodge material for strikers and stuff. Um, but if you, this is some uh, fun tech. If you are playing this with, let's say, uh, either like um, Esther's kicking. Like not Esther's kicking, but with Esther's, and then let's say veteran decimate kicking. You're bringing Hooper and Stoker, and both of them are getting pushed forward by Stave. Now you have three people that can uh, basically get into the enemy's backline quite easily because of all the speed buffs that you also get with Spigot and with Quickfoot from St uh, from Esther's. Yeah, and also with Esther's, you get another push from Voice of Command. So that's another mm -hmm. uh, way to like, try and break the uh, the gap between the teams. So, yeah. so you're wanting to close the gap with the opposition, like in, in a reasonably quick way. But I guess what you've also said is that you know there's a lot of overlaps and synergies between models. So so is it on like turn one, maybe early turn two, you're looking to like get something in there and start working but like what you're actually aiming for is probably around on turn two when when the sort of lines meet and you can get your whole team in so you're yeah. sort of almost in like a compromise position on turn one where you want to engage with you know one model maybe two models start hitting stuff start doing a bit of damage and knocking stuff down and then on turn two what you're trying to do is get get the your your most of your team to come in and start like a basically a big brewer ball fight yeah yeah, yeah, that's first statement. Yeah, um, a good captain for that is also Tapper uh, because of his uh, commanding aura, which you naturally want to have the players close to, to each other. Um, so you can throw in Tapper, put a commanding aura, knock someone down, push someone uh, closer to the team, and use more target, and suddenly you have this pillar in the enemy team because Tapper is quite a, a bulky guy. Mm -hmm. And if the opponent doesn't take care of Tapper, you can charge easier and f further with your other pieces. So there are so, multiple ways to try and close the gap between the teams. To like attach yourself to them. Yeah. yeah. We'll come yeah. on to Tapper more specifically in just a couple of minutes when we talk about some of the individual models. But I guess we've talked about some of the strengths and stuff. What are their... What are their weaknesses? Like, what 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 worries them? Obviously, they have quite low defensive stats. That's that's the obvious one, isn't it? Yeah, you need someone to take this one. Yeah, I think uh, weaknesses mostly are um, because of their uh, low defense and uh, only one or sometimes even no armor. Um, they are. It's it's quite easy for uh, scoring teams to abuse them for dodging um, or uh, maybe even wrap with a tackle and a dodge you know, get out of their melee. So protecting the ball, uh, yes, they have some tech um, to be able to do that. But um, for 
for the most part, fast teams, fast mobile teams uh, are teams that the Brewers can have some issues with. Also they, teams that can spread out uh, are a huge problem for Brewers because they, but they're not neutral play style, they counter the Brewer play style. For example, Alchemists and Navigators and uh, maybe Falconers uh, can play a quite spread out game and you don't get your buffs uh, or auras going as effectively as you would like to. That's yeah, you're you're to having account. to go with some like I always uh, call them uh, kill squads, but you don't want to send uh, just two people out to get uh, a takeout somewhere because that'll like most likely take uh, more activations that you're wanting to, and um, you really need to keep the tempo up to uh, win the game with Brewers because otherwise, like the the other faster teams, are going to be able to score goals uh, quicker than you can take them out. And I think you have like I think what you're touching on with the ball as well. You have like decent models for like holding the ball in like Friday and the cat and mash. But what you sure. don't have like uh, some other fighting teams have is like ways of utilizing the ball like other than you know standard sort of pass do- passing and dodging. Like you don't have like blacksmiths have bolt and union have benediction and. Uh, you know, farmers have bushel. You don't have ways of utilizing the ball for sort of out of sequence movement without passing to someone and then holding on to the ball, which is sort of less than optimal, I guess, um, and and sort of slightly influence inefficient. So you don't. So you have a lot of threat extension via like you know mark target and quick foot and things like that, but you don't have a lot of threat extension by using the ball particularly. Yeah, that's true. Um... Mm, yeah, most for the most part, you want just to keep the ball safe and don't use it if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that is that is a huge issue. Also, Brewers, when you take a rather standard kill uh, team with Brewers, you don't have great uh, scoring pieces. Mm-hmm. Probably a uh, Friday or a Spigot. Mm-hmm. But, like, Hooper is a 2-6 kick, and there are quite a few walls that have an 8-5-8 movement with 3-6 kick. That's not amazing. Mm. Um, so, it's the, the broad tempo game is a bit weird, as Neil said, so um, that's also a, big, a bit of an issue. The, yeah. I mean, the traditional way you see it is, is it, you know, they are a 4-1 team. You know, they get four takeouts, and then Friday comes and downtowns a goal because she's got she does have a very long threat range with the ball for taking for shooting on goal, but like you, that tends to come to close the game out. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, is there is there anything else sort of top level strengths and weaknesses you think we should cover? Um, I'm not sure right now. To be honest, I think we covered like quite a lot of it. Um, I would say that they are very strong against condition teams because of all their innate yeah. condition removal, and now with with like. Now with Lucky, you have Esters, you have Stoker that has it built in, you have Hooper that has it built in. There is so uh, so many ways of um, getting rid of conditions. It's uh, also very efficient because most of it is either a heroic play or even just a trade. And Lucky is based one influence for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he can get that one influence for free. Oh, another thing, uh, Brewers tend to be very influence efficient. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stuff. Uh, because quite a lot of the buffs 
is from momentum, not from influence. Yeah, so that's yes. also a nice thing about them. I think it's that thing, isn't it? The, the really interesting bit, I guess, and the like is, and we'll talk about this with the individual models, is, is once you connect and you start building momentum and you start building overlapping auras, like you're, they are really hard to get away from because they suddenly become much more mobile. They suddenly output more damage. So it's, and, and so the interesting, I guess, tactical bit is how quickly can you make them connect and how much are you conceding to the opposition before you connect? like in a really meaningful way. So I guess with that in mind, um, let's start talking about some of the models. So we'll talk about the captains first. And I think we'll talk about Tapper first, because I think it's fair to say Tapper is the sort of the mainstay brewer's captain these days. And For sure. Uh, and Edek, you, you said obviously one of the things about him is, you know, he he can start the fight. Like, like Niels, what, what do you think you Edek means by sort of starting the fight? Like why does, because I know you've often used Tapper to like start a fight. Well, uh, for sure, like Tapper, 3-1, uh, knockdown on one, easy pushes, uh, 20 HP with tough hide. So it, there's not a lot of models, I think, after the nerf of uh, Vepboard, that basically there are no models at this moment that can one-round him without any buffs, um, which is basically very strong. And the reason that... Um, he has his uh, trait uh, on the back, Barroom Brawl. And Barroom Brawl uh, works in the same that he doesn't need to engage their target so they can knock him down. No, they need to be in his melee zone for your uh, for the rest of the team to um, uh, charge for only one influence. So um, they, the enemy really needs to take care of them uh, take care of that model uh, take care of tapper the instant that it comes into their lines yeah that makes sense and like and tapper brings like he brings like a lot of stuff to he? he brings a big big area damage buff and uh big increases in mobility and big uh big influence sharing for sure yeah, yeah. uh another thing about tapper is like probably the main reason why you take him is commanding aura which um it's probably the most brewery uh character play in the, the guild because it gives uh, more damage output and it gives more attack so in extension also more damage output and another thing is his heroic play that gives out influence um yeah mm, it was nerfed a bit in season three because he was used to be able to get that influence to himself but which was bonkers because then you yeah. had a seven influence captain <laughs> but okay yeah. <laughs> he used to one round most of the players uh mm-hmm. without any setup uh right now is for um yeah and uh, like the uh the trade for the heroic play is that he is a three six influence c- captain but you don't really feel like you you are playing down on influence. Some guilds tend to feel like some, some rosters tend to feel bad because you are running a 12 influence team and doesn't work like that with Tapper. Um, other fun stuff for him is he's also the only captain you want to kick with, really, isn't he? Like not, none of the other two captains you want to actually kick with that that model. Like whether it's Tapper, you do see people actually kick with him. 
Akko is uh, a very good kicking model because of his uh, the threat range he has with uh, mark target. Uh, that's basically if you get within ten of him, he can mark target and charge in. Uh, of course, that gets um, he can go to a threat range of eleven if you use either spigot or um, um, spigot's times called or Stave's battering ram. Uh, so he has quite a bit of uh, threat on the board as a kicking model. And of course, he can uh, knock people down and pull them towards the rest of the team. Um, for uh, he is the front liner of the guild. Yeah, you also can do another thing with Tapper. That's when you're kicking with a Tapper team and you don't want to kick with Tapper, um, you can give him like free for influence. You second win on him. Uh, pop commanding aura, move, throw a mark, mark target or two, move further with second wind, and then you have a well, a setup tapper to uh, for the, for the kick model to use. So you can like kick with decimate, move mm -hmm. tapper further up the field, and then punch someone really effectively uh, with decimate turn one. So it's the old the, the trick they used to get used with marbles in season three, where you. You put second wind on marbles, marble sprints forward, goads someone, then second wind's into contact with them, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're engaged by tapper, so now you're going to get hit by, like, freight train decimate or freight train lucky. Um, yeah, that's... That, and he... I guess the other thing is, for him as being that model that connects first with the opposition, he is, like, very durable. Like, he's not invincible, but he's very durable. He's got a decent counter-attack, so he's, like a hard model to shift. The flip side is you're throwing your captain in first, which mm -hmm. is always tricky, but he, you know, if, if a model's going to survive in a scrum and sort of let you get going, like it is probably Tapper that will do that, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. takes you a noticeable amount of influence and attacks to take him down. And as you said, it isn't enough just to knock him down because most of his stuff is still working. Yeah. Should we, let's talk about um, Esther's. Uh, who is sure. the sort of next captain? She's the traditional support captain for Brewers, isn't she? And she brings a bunch of stuff, including a heroic play that is almost as good as Pex. Uh, which is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the fun so, things, the fun stuff with Esther's is basically her aria, aura, um, being able to throw your heroic plays out for zero cost is so amazing. And um, like I said before, um, brewers really need to take some time to get going. But because of Aria, you don't. You can go first in a turn with zero momentum, but you don't have to first get momentum because Aria allows you to start with your heroic. So her, um, Hooper can get into a model at your uh, as your first activation with True Grit online. Mm. And um, that is basically... Um, like it's so strong. Uh, Esther's can really um, change the tempo game, uh, make yeah, it for faster. Brings influence efficiency. Esther's brings momentum efficiency, and momentum efficiency is really good in Brewers because you have so many heroics, and it's particularly useful. Again, she's really useful on turns one and like early turns as well because when you have less momentum because you're either kicking or you have to hide the ball somewhere, like she sort of makes a difference for that and then gives out a bunch of other you know tooled up pretty good in brewers like <laughs> but also gives out a load of speed buffs as well 
Yeah, she's also a very good momentum generator, to be honest, because her playbook is, well, it's a momentous push on one and a momentous two on two. So uh, you tend to see uh, sometimes that Esther goes first in turn, pops uh, told up on herself, throws like four or five, five decks, and that's about 15 momentous damage. So yes. that's... Yeah, that's momentous damage, five momentum, maybe six if you take him out. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that, that's also very cool. Uh, she is like the obvious pick into condition heavy teams. Mm. Uh, you I can, would say, I would the, say the pick into Steeljaw. <laughs> yes, yes, well, Tapper is also able to do some stuff, but uh, Esther is probably the most obvious pick into condition heavy teams. Yeah. Uh, her, her, resilience as well, which is sort of interesting. You know, they all, I guess, all the Burrows captains have slightly different defensive tech, so you need to, with Estos, I guess, be aware of like, you know, resilience is a sort of more proactive defensive trait than, say, tough hide, because you can use it to make attacks where you invalidate your opponent's counterattack. But against a team that has, say, you know, say um, Union, who have, you know, access to lots of sort of, you know, one dice character plays can hit mark target off the playbook, that sort of thing. You need to be a bit careful with her. Yeah, in a sure. way that you might not need to be with Tapper. Let's let's move on and talk about uh, Corker, the third wave captain who arrived for them. Mm-hmm. And Corker's like another support captain primarily, aren't they? And they, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I feel like Corker was like really good when they came out because they basically do a slightly different thing with Brewers, like, you know, we're saying they're a slow starting team, is they make that one model that goes in at the start of the game usually decimate, like, more effective. But then where they struggled is they're quite a slow play captain, you know, because they give extra, they give all the whiskey chaser and they give, like, a beer tokens to all of your other models, which is great, but it doesn't really get going until sort of quite late in turn two. And I think that was fine when season four was a bit more grindy, but then as more Temple football teams came into it, by the end of turn two, you'd often find yourself sort of two goals down or, you know, or a goal and a takeout down. And and Corker feels quite back foot for that. Like, Corker feels like the most slow play Brewers captain. Like, both Tapper and Estos really help you engage the opposition faster or in a meaningful way. And Corker doesn't help you engage faster, but he helps you hit harder when you do. Yeah, uh, people used to think that you want to play Corker in a way that you get your two beer tokens on everyone and then start to hit stuff. <clears throat> uh, in my experience, that was way too slow to play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to run, like, give out the beer tokens and not use them uh, in the same turn. It wasn't the, probably, you didn't get many, like, super activations with, like, a six influence activation from uh, Decimate or something like that. But it did allow you to uh, to keep up the tempo. But it did feel like you are not using him to his full potential. Um, he is, yeah. Um, his defensive tech is a bit. A weird one. Um, it's, it's sort of very games workshop isn't it? It's essentially a three yeah. plus invulnerable save. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, get hit by a two inch reach model, roll a three and get away. Um, but then, like, you roll a one and you're just like, oh well, <laughs> now I'm doomed. Yeah. Well, the, um, the, thing is, the thing is also that um, 
if you look at Tapper and Estes, they bring damage buffs for the rest of the team. The only thing that Corker can do is buff his own damage, which is odd because he only is able to get four influence. So his own output is only going to be very strong um, if he saves up all of those beer tokens. And that's, he can yes, he can get to seven attacks in a turn, but then you're in turn three. You need to hope that you're still in a manageable position by then. Yeah. Yeah, and also he is a one-inch melee uh, model, so hitting stuff with him isn't the most obvious thing in the world. Um, I mean, he can add a free knockdown to stuff, but he has to pay influence for it, so it's, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's a sort of mm-hmm. interesting... Uh, I mean, w- one thing he is actually uh, particularly good at and makes models particularly good at is dealing with sturdy is it the one where you can't be knocked down because he can yeah. essentially mm-hmm. give models mm-hmm. a double knockdown for sure so that's pretty yeah. helpful if you're if you're worried about that let's talk about mascots um which i think will be quite short and sharp um my personal view on it and and what i've generally seen is quaff is the better mascot but scum is sometimes a viable tech pick into teams that don't like unpredictable movement but quaff just brings two really really good things in Second wind, which is amazing for both connecting to the op- the opponents, as you've said, Edek, and sort of yo-yoing and kiting your kicking modeling, which we can talk about when we talk about kicking models, and pick me up, which is just a plus one tack buff. So he brings a free thing, he brings second wind. He's situationally hilarious at throwing models off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um... And also, he's like the best model to just put in the way because of loved creature. Yeah. Um... So he basically everything on his card is great, um, and there's almost no reason to pick him uh, to not pick him over Scum. Um, yeah, I I think it's purely if you see a team that really dislikes unpredictable movement, you know, Scatha, for example. Yeah, and, um, risk it's it. also specifically teams that don't like uh, unpredictable movement and have one inch melee. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. um, I mean, yeah, and and so let's let's talk a little bit. We'll do this in a slightly random order because I think this, like, the main strength of Brewers is these sort of lots of fighty, damagey squaddies. But let's talk a little bit about the ones that sort of break that. So Lucky and Vet Decimate, particularly, I think, because they they're the two models that bring viable dodges, mm-hmm. um, and they bring something slightly different. And, and I guess why would you usually have one of those models in your six? Oh, well, you okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you take them mostly to break the standoff. Um, they are the best models to reach stuff that's really far away, and they can do different stuff with that because decimate was used for a long time as a taxi. So you would uh, send out decimate. She would push someone six inches back for the rest of the team to uh, hit hit a, hit about a bunch and lucky is <laughs> lucky is a weird one because uh, he is very fast he is a decent goal scorer um he, and, but his playbook is a mix of a brewer one and a uh, mason one so you mostly use lucky as a efficient momentum generating model because of his momentous two on two, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the, the main reason for uh, is to break the standoff mm. in some way. They, they threat further than anyone else, and they have dodges 
uh, viable dodges which help them sort of you know not get locked down and you know do things and also do things like you know be able to dodge out of rough ground and be able to run or dodge into fire and then clear the fire and run out of it and things like that so they're less interferable with than say tapper who we've talked about who's a bit more more linear um um, my my general feeling is that like if you're going to kick with brewers it's going to be either tap or decimate or lucky is the model you're kicking with i don't see unless you've got some really a wall game plan i don't see kicking with another model or you can try to kick with let's say stoker if you like playing stoker because of his magical brew mm-hmm. it's not easy to interfere well if you're playing into a range knockdown team then yeah. stoker is also a viable pick for example mm-hmm. He's reasonably fast and has a good playbook for a kicking model. So that's another reasonable piece. But as you said, Tupper, Decimate, and Lucky are probably the most obvious and most often effective models. For sure. So we've touched on Stoker, but let, let's, and I think he's sort of in the sort of tech pick space, isn't he? But should we, should we talk about just like your outright sort of core damage dealers and your sort of core models? So you've got like, I mean, the ones you see consistently in Brewers team still are Hooper and an original Spigot. Um, I don't know uh, if that's fair, Niels. I would say Hooper for sure. Um, and I would also say that most players will play Spigot more like, uh, I think, 80 to 90 percent of the time. But in my own experience, I think Spigot is more of a uh, original Spigot is more of a tech piece because um if you don't need the speed, you don't really need Spigot. If you're not playing Friday, then uh, if you don't playing Friday uh, for her ball killing, but you're playing Mash, then you have another reason not to pr- bring Spigot, etc. It's like I think um, for me the real core uh, right now is uh, Hooper and Decimate together with uh, either Tapper or Esters. Well, I would say you always want a spigot in Brewers because uh, veteran spigot was a, was a bit of a meme for a long time. Uh, but the I think the game has switched in a way that veteran spigot is a viable pick. For sure. Um, he, he, has, he has great stuff on his card, but he was always like overlooked because of Time is Cold, which was the most let's say infamous heroic and brewers yeah it's it's just i mean it's really hard to get around the fact that like a free movement buff aura is just really good like you know like that, that's and that's like veterans Spigot is by no means a bad model at all like he's he's sort of a model that suffers i mean he's almost a bit like original catalyst and alchemist like he's a model that suffers from there being another version of him yeah. that is real good and does a thing that you really want in that guild um and then i think we've you both touched on sort of hooper i think i think hooper seems pretty close to an auto include for us because he is just like you're a damagey fighty guild he does the most damage he is yeah he is the uh the auto include in the guild i think if a brewer's coach does not play hooper in any matchup they're wrong um but that's just me yeah uh... Uh, hooper is also weird because he He's a damage dealer uh, mostly, but he has some uh, tech on his card. Uh, smashed shins. He also has a two-inch money, which is a good by itself. He has tough skin, so it's difficult to waste influence on Hooper. Mm-hmm. You're 
almost always find something to do with it. Yeah, and he it, feels like also like when you're you know when you're kicking with a model like what you'll often see is Hooper put tough skin on that model and then Quaff put second wind and pick me up on that model. So you can still stack stuff onto a kicking model, which makes them yep. you know. Like it improves their defenses. That's a lot. Like you know, uh, making yeah, them three two, making them. Yeah, and oftentimes if you are playing with tapper kicking, for, for instance, then you're still able. Like if you're only giving him one, and you're thinking of okay, that one is going to be used as an armor buff for tapper if, for when he goes in. Um, you can always also say okay, my enemy, my opponent just mispositioned. I have a target for tapper right now. Yeah. I'm going to go in and use my kicking momentum to give Hooper extra influence, and Tapper is going to set up a kill for Hooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you can always use uh, use that one influence to your advantage, either for a buff or for uh, kill potential on turn one. So let's let's talk quickly about the sort of them then the sort of tech pieces, aren't there? Which are I think Stoker, Stave, Vets. Yeah, Vespa. Mash, pot. Yeah, Mash, Mash, and Friday are more in the like, you know, keeping the ball safe, aren't they? Yeah. Like, so, so more like the pint pot. So I think pint pot stave, uh, Stoker particularly, uh, and then sort of Vespa as well. But I think, but those three, I think particularly are the ones. You know, they bring all bring different things, and you probably want them in different circumstances. We've talked about how useful the barrel and battering ram is. You know. Stave is Stave is ace against teams that like to bunch up, but he's also got the worst defensive stats in the team, so he's a bit vulnerable. Um, Stoker is weirdly durable because of uh, you know, and gives you some control elements because he gives you a fire AOE. Uh, and then Pint Pot is the sort of only model that natively brings beer tokens, so he brings like a, a kind of influence efficiency, and he is unlike um, Scaffa, incredibly good at getting around unpredictable movement. Yes. Uh, also, uh, also, um, he brings concussion, which can be a backbreaking for your your opponent. Yeah, vet, vet, cat, Wendell, those sort of models really dislike concussion. Like, really dislike it. Hammer also really dislikes it. Yep. And I'm still sad that he only has a one-inch melee zone, but I think him having a two-inch melee zone together with Smashing Face might be a bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of these models are bad, are they? They're, but they no. may be situational, and there are certain things you probably want to be a bit careful about with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Stalker is a bit he's a bit awkward to use because he is very influence hungry, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not always e- easy to use the influence to m- most full potential. Mm-hmm. He takes a lot of setup to make make his attack really work because he has searing strikes so you need to do some damage and his moment is free damage is on the fourth column Mm -hmm. you also need to knock someone down so that's to influence used mostly for setup um but on the other hand he has a mm, uh his range a character play that does damage uh flame jet yeah so that's a good character play in brewers Especially combined with Searing Strike. So into yeah. into Masons, into Blacksmiths, into like high armor guilds. And like, I would say like if you're playing him with Corker, buying Flamejet with a beer token always feels amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, he can be a bit of a yo-yo as well because with Flamejet and Second Wind, that's a 
interesting combination. Um, if you also have, he still does plus one damage to burning models. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you give him tooled up and someone is on fire from the last turn or because he used a Molotov, then that's five fringe damage from him with Searing Strike. Oh, and people also always forget he has a double push, a momentous double push on one. Yeah. So he can, yeah. he can definitely fantastic counter attack. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's really hard to engage with a for, with a one inch model. I think Steve we've talked about, and then the last one is Pine Pot again. Yeah, who we talked about as well. And then I guess with the spigots, I mean obviously O spigot basically as we talked about big move buff also is really good at killing knockdown models oh, like, yeah. so he yeah he's like so spigot oh spigot i think one of the better perks of him is he's he is an amazing battery who will then convert into just destroying something which makes him a really good like first activation you know yeah. there's a knockdown model spigot just goes in wraps for days against it and then puts up his heroic yeah, i would also, actually say okay. second activation after tapper because then he can kill any model but yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um so Let's talk a little, we talked a little bit about Vet Spigot. Um, you know, brings loads of interesting abilities, brings gold, brings close control, um, has a really good ball threat range, gold is amazing in Brewers, but I think is viable, but I think you need to have a very specific plan for why you're taking Vet Spigot rather than, say, O Spigot. Because O Spigot's like easy and adaptable, and Vet Spigot's a bit more like specific. Like, so, you know, like Goad is amazing. If there's a model you particularly want to control, you know, Hammer, Thresher, those sort of models, then Goad plus Second Wind is a really nice combination for him. Um, and then lastly, there's the sort of, the models that often operate as ball holders, I guess, um, which is Mash and Friday. And they just bring sort of different flavors of that, don't they? Yeah, that's true. Um, well, Mash with his two-inch melee and um, resilience, uh, he is a very good ball holder for some against some teams, but against teams, well, as you said, with ranged cheap character plays, his resilience doesn't add too much because it does. You can roll a gold or a mark target or something. And it's gone, uh, or a Kami is on the table. Then yeah. it's burned basically. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he is like, like he feels like you take him against Alchemist until you realize that Kami exists, and then you're like, no, like there's no. But he he does have the uh, by far the better counter attack of the ball holding models because how's that when it comes off? Um, and, and you can make it like pretty odds on. Like you know, one of the gimmicky things you can do is stand mash and commanding aura. You know, so suddenly he's tack six, he's got Hauza on uh, three hits, you can yeah. bonus time it against a def five striker or a you know, four mm -hmm. one. That's like it's not it's not probable, but it's certainly it well, gives you serious yeah. thought and it's backbreaking when it happens, like I did uh, get a few double uh Hauzards in my life. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, but honestly, it, it's not just a house out. He has a tackle push on two. So even if you miss the house out, if your opponent mispositions and doesn't have close control, they all, they're also out and you still have the ball. He's he's a really good model for like, yeah, for like, I mean, close control is quite prevalent on a lot of strikers, but where you're worried about being tackled by a model that doesn't have close control, um, like being able to go, your first attack does nothing, 
because resilience. Mm-hmm. And then on your second attack, I'll counter-attack and tackle push you. Like yep. that is uh, that just makes it so influence inefficient to get the ball off him. Mm-hmm. He used um, to be a very good ball holder against order, for example, because yeah. neither uh, season spigot or brisket had a good way to work around the uh, resilience. Um, yeah, yeah. So then, I guess Odo's like that. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, now however, as well because they want to charge and like you know they you know so he can invalidate their charge which is really good um and then the other one is is friday who we've touched one who you know a you know with a with us with spigot five one in defense which is great um so Give her just, extra armor yeah so <laughs> could make her five two in cover which makes her just a pain in the arse to get the ball off she has her own inbuilt dodge which is quite good because she can actually move away from models where necessary mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. definitely brings a really good goal threat um yeah and then with, I think, with one influence she is a 18 inch goal threat yeah correct. that's correct. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And you know, and, sure. and two is useful on her anyway because she has dirty knives. So like she, you know, she can bring yep. you a little bit more pressure. She can bring. I think she's the only model that brings poison in the guild because of dirty knives. So that kind oh, of is yeah. helpful in some situations. And then lastly, I think is Flea, um, who I think previous guest on the show Dan Adams summed up Flea as like, if Guild Ball is just like a fun beer and pretzels game that you play on a tabletop. Flea's great because they're really fun. They do really fun stuff. They do things that no one else does. But if it's like a competitive game, Flea's a bit sad, really. Yeah, uh, there was a meme that I think was Mike Klein who came up with it. Um, Quaff delivery system. You could run... Um, it was You used to run a corker with Flea and Quaff. And you put uh, the Flea's heroic on Quaff, so he was a Attack five mascot at this point. Yeah. You gave uh, him a whiskey chaser, and then you moved Quaff up with uh, go over here. Quaff yeah. uh, got a what's it, 15, 16 threat range on turn one. He charged with attack ten on the charge yeah. with a knockdown and two column playbook. So you often got a knockdown and like a four-inch push <laughs> with double momentum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you got another attack with attack six against a knockdown model. So you probably got another three, four inches of push. So that was it. Was a bit of a meme, but it it could take someone by surprise. But it didn't work twice against the same player. <laughs> and I think also like it's it's amazing. It's one of those things that the Magic Christmas Land of like. Quaff or Scum plus Flea plus some other stuff is really good, but ultimately when you start breaking it down, you're taking like two models to make Quaff do what Vet Decimate generally does natively. Like if you see, I mean that's often the issue, isn't it? Is that like there are, you know, making Scum do lots of damage is great, but you also just could have Hooper. Um, and so it's it's the investment and and mascots are easier to control and kill in general. Yeah, I also think that they actually made a uh, mistake when they made his card because everything on his card is based around um, getting the mascot to do the work like he has pushes he has quite an easy knockdown Um, they're all uh, momentous he has get over here go get it so basically red furry um, should be red furry. I'm sorry. Should be red furry. Yeah. He gives the mascot um, extra attack but then 
he gets his assist for himself. Yeah, that is that. That's weird. Like he sets up your he sets up the mascot, but the damage buff is for himself. It, and, and his only damage is non-momentous. So it, it's it's very weird. counterintuitive. Like I, I agree. Think, I think if you if uh, that assist gets put into the um, uh, the mascot gets the damage buff, gets the assist buff uh, yeah, when yeah. he is there, then you instantly buff and flee and scum. Yeah, and that's that would be a thing. If only people, if only there were some people looking at the rules of the game um, <laughs> <laughs> and hadn't set weird rules about you know only ten models for ourselves, that sort of thing. Um, so, so I think that's the sort of rundown of Bruce. I think just very quickly before we wrap up, like I think you've touched on this, Edith, with the sort of meme. But like, what are your favourite dirty tricks to do with brewers? What are your favourite like little brewery things that you can do? Uh, well, so yeah, the quality of delivery system was amazing. Um, but to be honest, all, almost always I had the most fun playing Tapper, throwing him into the any team, punching someone, uh, often uh, taking him out, and then you have a setup Tapper in the middle of the team. You charge with and you charge with uh, Hooper later, get probably another takeout, and you quite you start to snowball the opponent if he doesn't disengage or have a way to control you. So that always felt great, yeah. Niels, what about you? Uh, for me, it's um, when receiving, with uh, receiving, playing Tapper, Tapper against the ball uh, at one point. He then threatens, basically, if Spigot's around, he threatens 15 inches because of he, he can... Uh, Pass the ball, and uh, yeah, he just goes in, knocks down, push, 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 second wind backwards towards the, towards your team. And uh, if it's a one-inch model uh, that you uh, are targeting, put yourself at just over one inch. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then just watch, and then just watch your opponent squirm. Yeah, and add one more thing. Um, I used to love get, getting gold runs with Stave. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the ones you can get because you use Barrel Lob on yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then, you spin, then you go for a goal. I, at the Hungarian Nationals, uh, the last one that was before um, set times so of Guild Ball is dead, I was playing Miners and I got, I believe I've got two goals with Stave against Miners. Amazing. Uh, wow. That was fantastic. <laughs> I do. I like. I also like um, Vet Decimate still for that occasional clutch goal run. You know where she's because she has got a tackle push on three with anatomical attack five. But you know, so the sudden like, just like and you know with her heroic, like she's like another one that's quite good for a sort of surprise goal run. I think what I'm going to take from this as well as I'm aware we are now approaching. We've we've passed the 52 minute mark, so we're at the already at the length mark for these. But like I think that um, Tapper is the most fun Brewers captain. I think that's sort of come through slightly. Like, you know, like people, you basically want to be playing Tapper and the others are like good tech picks, but you kind of want to be playing Tapper. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The current iteration of Tapper is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, if you want to start Brewers, probably want to try Tapper first. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. On that note... I'm going to say thank you to you both. So thank you, 
Pauli Deck Corpal. Thank you, Neil's inspiring hat, Hermkins. I'm sure we will see you both again on this. Listener, listener you should know that when we ran the poll uh, of what, what guild we should do next, uh, Edek directly messaged me as soon as the results were coming. Like, I want to talk about brewers. <laughs> so uh, it's the first time anyone, I think you're the first person to volunteer to be on this podcast since Matt Hart. <laughs> so, which is a strong company to be keeping Edek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, very elite. I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure that many people want to be in that association but uh you, yeah <laughs> you've you've been more honest with us than perhaps he was when he volunteered to come on last time so on that note thank you both very much and i'm sure we'll see you again in future and listeners we will be back um i think most likely with langton's talking about blacksmiths so that should be a fun experience for everyone uh <laughs> have a good evening yeah cheers cheers Thank you.